If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Uh, let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. As you know, we're in our very long series, Route 66, walking through all 66 books of the Bible, one book at a time. And now we've come to 1 Samuel. It's a great, marvelous book. I had some difficulty with this one because there's so many wonderful stories in this, in this great book. Uh, but as you know, we're, we're finding one attraction in each one. We're bringing a memento home with us every week, something that we can bring into our lives and meditate on and confess and, um, <clears throat> and live. And then also we're always, we always end up with the person of Jesus because this is, it's the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's all over this. He is the book, and he's all over the book, and the book is all about him. As that wonderful passage of Scripture was read this morning, all things were created through him and for him and by him. By him all things consist. Amen. So uh, that tells us we all ought to be a little bit more obsessed about Jesus. huh? I mean, God's obsessed with his son, totally obsessed with him. And uh, the more obsessed you get, the more, the more stable you become. Yeah. It's got to be the right obsession. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. Uh, I want, uh, did you guys go to 1 Corinthians? I mean, 1 Samuel? Yeah, yeah good. Just testing you. Make sure. 1 Samuel. Uh, I want to say welcome to all of you who are with us here for the first time. Just, uh, pray that your experience here will be one that where you are encouraged and blessed and built, strengthened. And uh, just know this, that we always have a seat for you at One Cause Church. If we don't, we'll just add another service or send you to one of our other locations. <laughs> just kidding. Amen. Uh, great things are happening uh, in our church. As you know, uh, Granbury uh, and DeLeon are two newest locations, and Pastor Brandon Marshall and Sarah are there uh, and just doing wonderfully already. They've already doubled the Wednesday night attendance. Uh, and uh, that's, that's happened consistently. And then last Sunday, they had 111 people uh, in the sanctuary. They had five empty seats. So, uh, and of course, we're right in the middle of building uh, a new sanctuary there, uh, which we still have a ways to go, but it'll seat 250 people. And so they're, they're on a roll right now. We're very excited about it. Also excited about our work in Deleon tonight. Uh, our uh, future campus pastor, we're getting to know each other more and more, Lowell Erkenbrack. Not a great name. He was the mayor of the little town, and uh, he's come into our fellowship and this great church, and he'll be here tonight to uh, see what all he's a part of, and we'll all see what we're a part of. So, uh, and then, of course, Pastor Derek and Pastor Chris there in Dallas, where Derek pastors uh, One Cause Dallas, and Chris pastors Juan Cause Dallas, our Spanish service. <laughs> It still isn't funny. No matter how many times I say it, it doesn't get any funnier. Except to me. <laughs> Did y'all hear me say Juan cause? <laughs> Welcome back, Frenchie. Glad to have Virginie and the children back. Yeah, back from France, back from her homeland. And uh, I know David's extremely happy. He had an unusual smile on his face today. All right, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 4, I mean uh, 14, <laughs> verse 6. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, 
Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. And it may be that the Lord will work for us. How many of you, I love this. I love just how uh, opportunistic he is at this moment. It may be that the Lord will be with us. And watch. Because he's learned some things about God through their history at this point. And that is, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. That means he's heard the stories. Heard the story of Gideon, how God dwindled that army of 30,000 down to 300 and how they whipped the dog out of the Moabites, the Midianites. And how Samson killed a 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. The Lord's able to save by few or by many. Verse 7, so his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart, go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go to them. But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us, and we'll show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Again, you know, that's what I love about people who walk by faith, because it's pretty unreasonable. I need... Come up here. All right, armor bearer. Here's the plan. God, there's a good chance God's with us. And maybe he'll work with us here. I've got this great idea. We're going we're gonna to go over to that mountain. And you see that where all those Philistines are gathered up there? They look, they look scary, don't they? Yeah. Here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to go over there, and we're going to start hiking up that mountain. And then and we're going to kind of crawl and be sneaky about it. But then at one point, we'll stand up and show ourselves. And then if they say, come on up here, then we'll know God's delivered them into our hand. Sound like a good plan to you? All right. So now we're going to, we're going to, ex no, no, you're supposed to say, do all that is in your heart. Do all that is in your heart. For I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, good. That's good to know. So then there's two crazy people in the world right now. All right. So this is the plan. Are you ready? All right. We fast forward. Let's, here we are standing here. Hey, did you hear them? They said, they said, come up to us. Are you ready? No. Just follow my lead. Are you ready? No. You said do all that is in my heart to do. All right, you ready? Let's go. <laughs> How are you feeling so far? Feeling good. <clears throat> Here's what's going to happen. We're hiking up this mountain on our hands and knees. I'm kind of feeling like I better hope to God that he's with us, you know? But you're with me, and that's okay. So I'm going to be ahead of you, and I'm going to trip them as they come down, and then you smash their head with a rock. Does that sound like a good idea? All right, let's go. Okay, so these guys, let me give this guy a hand. What a great armor bearer. 
This, so these, this is the plan, right? I mean, not only are they, it's two against the Philistine garrison, but they're having to climb up on their hands and knees fighting an uphill battle. You don't, that's not an advantageous point for these guys, all right? The, the guy on the top usually wins that deal. But look what happens. 13, and Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan, and as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. The first slaughter which Jonathan, his armor bearer, made was about 20 men within half an acre of land. Wow, it's not bad. Two against 20, they've taken all 20 of them down. And what happened, this story goes on to tell us that this struck absolute terror in the Philistines. Matter of fact, it even says that the ground quaked because the people quaked. And so this mass confusion broke out. And all of a sudden, the next thing they, they see are the Philistines turning on each other and killing each other. And then there are some Hebrews that were living amongst the Philistines. And so then they got in on it too. And they started killing the Philistines. And then the rest of the children of Israel who are hiding in the mountains of Ephraim, they come out of their caves and they come ready. And I mean, they just do this a massive slaughter on the Philistines and bring this great victory all because one guy said, I got an idea. And came up with this crazy plan, decided he was going to believe God and that the God of Israel who had been there with them before, no matter how large or small the battle might be, perhaps he would be with us again. Knowing him, there's a very good chance this is going to work. Now, this is some, something I want to bring to you today. This is the memento we're going to, I want you to write this down. Number one, be courageous. All right? It takes courage on the part of someone to do something that no others have done before. And he also did this too. He also understands, understood something. That numbers didn't matter in God's equation. Say this with me today. There's nothing, no, turn to somebody and tell them this. There's nothing in the world, in the world. two people can't do. As long as one of them is God, and the other one is you. Amen. And in other words, what Jonathan was saying was that nothing is impossible. And his armor bearer believed him. And those two, in agreement, facing these insurmountable odds, overcame the Philistines in an uphill battle. Write this down. Be courageous. Uh, next, don't just wait for opportunities to help others. Make opportunities happen. Make opportunities. This is why you are here. This is what Jonathan was doing. He was there for his people. He was there for his nation. There for his God. And believe God is with you in the small and the large matters. All right? And all of it is extremely important to God. And God is able to do great things in both small and large. Just put it where we live today, that as a church, we can do a lot more as a big group of people, can't we? Right? I mean, we're doing a lot more as we see that we're extended to these different campuses. And, and, and that's a marvelous thing. But don't forget that all that mass of people is made up of individuals. And you, right where you are, can be just as effective for the work of God as you can amongst the corporate body. So don't overlook yourself. And don't think that it's too small. No, God can save in the small. Amen. I mean, yeah. just a simple taking somebody by the hand and praying for them. That could be the matter that needs to happen through you that day. 
Amen. Amen. I was telling the earlier service today, you know, I think that sometimes we get in the habit of saying that we're praying when we're not actually praying. Uh-huh. It's easier to tweet it than to do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's easier to text it than to actually do it. I'm pray- I'll be praying or I'm praying and then we you know, turn on the TV and that's it. You know, Amen. so we need to be people of action that that do it, that understand that not only can I make a difference, but I will make a difference. Yeah. All right. Amen. And the last thing here on this memento is do what Jonathan did. And that is surround yourself with people who will believe with you. Right. All right. Amen. Especially when you're in your battle, you need somebody not reasoning things out, not trying to talk you out of it. You need someone there who will go right alongside you and say, I'm yeah. with you in this. I'll Amen. fight with you. I'll pray with you. I'm with you. And anything's possible. Are you yeah. hearing me today? Amen. Because it's in that atmosphere of expectancy. It's in that atmosphere of faith that anything is possible. It's the breeding ground for miracles. Amen. Yeah. Unbelief limited Jesus Christ himself. It will limit you too. Yeah. All right? Amen. I'm going to talk about that for just a moment. Over in Mark chapter 6, Jesus came back to his own country And the scripture said that they were offended of him. Isn't this the carpenter's son? And it says that he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. All right? He's not going to force something on you if you don't want it. Hallelujah. But he freely gives. And he is willing to show himself strong on your behalf. So stay in a community of believers. Stay around friends who will be faith-filled friends. Amen. Amen. You know, these matters can, can be large or small. Like I said, it could be as simple as praying for someone. It may be giving somebody some money to help them out, whatever it might be. Or you could go all the way up to a great sacrifice like my good friend David Garner, who a year and a half, two years ago, gave one of his kidneys to one of his friends that needed it. It's a marvelous gift. And the man is doing well today. Hallelujah. Whatever. I know David's going to kick me for this, but... Tell your testimony, too. Tell your story. You have a story. You've had an encounter with God that changed your entire life. You need to tell that story. Make those opportunities happen. Amen. You'll be surprised. People might actually want to hear what you have to say. 1 Samuel 16. Let's go over there for a moment. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. None of the men saw that David would be even considered to be king, not even his own father And so he brought out his seven brothers before him. You know the story. And so then David is still out in the sheep fold and and Jesse assuming there's no way. I mean, one of these sons is going to get picked to be king. Even Samuel was smitten with the oldest by the name of Eliab. And yet God rejected all of them. And so now God says, arise, anoint. And God's excited about David. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Rama. Now we're in the attraction here, verse chapter 17 and verse 4. And the champion now Israel, some time has gone by. Israel's gathered for battle with none other than the Philistines in the valley of Elah. And uh, Israel is on one mountain and uh, uh, the, the Philistines on the other mountain. And so this is the scene. And every day 
And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span, approximately nine and a half feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze or somewhere around 150 pounds or so. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Fierce-looking beast. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels or about 18 pounds. Anybody ever do shot put? Yeah. No? All right, that on the end of a stick. All right. And a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come up to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. So now he offers this challenge that we're not going to, he doesn't want to fight like they usually do. He wants one-on-one, hand-to-hand combat with one man. And so whoever wins, whatever guy wins, that nation will serve the man who won and that nation who he represents. Nine, if he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. And if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines, and the Philistines said, I defy Listen to this. I defy or I mock or I deride the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Israel should have done something right here and right now. And the one guy that should have done it would have been King Saul first, who stood head and shoulders above everybody else in the nation of Israel, or possibly David's oldest brother, Eliab. There are plenty of men who could do it. It really didn't matter because God was on their side. But they didn't. They let the giant talk. And then we find verse 23. David is sent by his father to go to the war to give report about his brothers. So he shows up there. And he's talking to some people. And then as he talked with them in verse 23, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. Forty days this giant had been taunting Israel. He would come out in the morning and he would come out in the evening, twice a day for 40 days. Verse 26, then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I mean, David is completely repulsed by what this giant has done, that he heard him say, I defy the armies of Israel. He said, who is this guy that he would defy Israel? We're God's army. We're God's people in the earth. Is anybody, anybody catching this here? All you Scaredy cats, what is wrong with you? He's defied the army of God. He's hearing this for the very first time what Israel had been listening to for 40 days. And David knew something. You have to take action when those kinds of things happen. You cannot continue to let your enemy talk and taunt you and mock you and accuse you and and lie to you because what we find here is that over time, They believed that what the giant was saying was true. They believed that they were powerless to do anything the longer they let him talk. So we have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to silence the enemy by opening your mouth in praise to your God 
and declaration of his word. Psalm chapter 8 says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy and the avenger. Jesus later on quoted that very same psalm. Well, that, same, that psalm is actually quoting Jesus. But later on he said, you've heard it said or you've read it. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. It's praise that silences the enemy in your life. It's your magnification of God and declaring his greatness that shuts the enemy's mouth. All right? So when he's lying to you, when he's accusing you and trying to beat you down, that's the moment to not just sit there and be quiet. That's the moment to open your mouth and declare that my God is with me. My God is great. My God is on my side. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. I am healed of God. I am blessed of God. He gives me victory on every side. He always leads me in triumph. Hmm? Verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Interesting, isn't it? What's so important about what David's saying that it gets these guys' attention that they need to go tell the king about it? Because all the rest of Israel forgot how to talk right. Everybody else is talking about how big the giant is and how they wish somebody would do something other than themselves. And if, if, if this will all just go away. But here's David. He says, who is this guy? Who is this man with no covenant who doesn't have any right to defy the armies of the living God? Who is this guy? And what does the, what does the guy get? What are the rewards that he gets? The king's daughter, tax-free in all of Israel. Hmm. David asked. He heard it once, and then he asked two more times. What does the guy get? Because who is this? Who is this? I can do this. That's what he's saying. In other words, I can do this. Who is this uncircumcised? So it gets these guys' attention. Listen to me. As the children of God, don't forget David's been anointed and the Spirit of the Lord has come upon him now. As the anointed children of God, expect your words to affect other people's lives. All right? And as the anointed children of God, we don't talk like everybody else does. We don't just say anything. We are here to bring life. As Paul said, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Isn't that an awesome thing? That if you will determine to let your speech be one with grace, you'll always know what to answer. Always know what to answer. Amen. And you realize it's not about how you feel about it or what you think about it, but about the grace of God and his goodness toward yeah. men, his love Amen. for all men. So we gotta, we got to keep going. Verse 36, look what happens. Saul brings him before him and is asking him, what, what, what's going on? He says, I can do this. He says, you can't do this. You're just a youth. How do you like that, youth? <laughs> you can't do this. You're just a youth. Hmm? Those are fighting words, aren't they? they? And he said, he's a, this giant, he's a champion from his youth, man. He's got years of experience on you, and he's a lot bigger, and he has a lot of weaponry. Look what David says. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. <laughs> so? What is that to this armed giant? Right? I mean, if I'm Saul, I'm thinking, why are you bringing up this story? Watch. Because no victory is insignificant. 
And this uncircumcised, you know, we can learn some lessons in even the small victories in our lives. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. In other words, I have been around long enough to know how God's faithfulness works. And what his faithfulness tells me is if he did it with the lion and if he did it with the bear, he'll do it with the giant too. It's not about what kind of enemy or what size of enemy I'm facing. It's about a God who stands with me, constant and faithful, no matter what enemies I face. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Seeing he has. Watch. He's, I mean, it's stuck in his crawl. And this uncircumcised, your servant has killed both the lion and this uncircumcised Philistine would be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Is anybody awake out there in Israel? Hello. He's defied us. Somebody needs to get angry about this. Somebody needs to get ready to fight. Moreover, David said, the Lord has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. When you're facing these tough challenges in your life, this is the time to take just a moment and recall the victories prior to it. The times that the Lord brought you through what you thought at that moment you wouldn't get through. What seemed like forever to get through, that's the time to say, no, 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 he was there. Father, you were there for me. That means you have to be there for me here too. And I can expect you're going to be there for me and with me in the future challenges in my life. I know that you give me the victory. Hallelujah. So, hey, listen, no doubt, David is a shepherd boy. He's seen death of sheep. He's seen it happen. He's lost lambs. But this isn't the moment to, re- to talk about the sad stories. This is the moment to talk about the good things, the victories. All right? And get his life, get his focus right, get his heart full of faith and remember that God is with him. Get the right perspective. Let's go. Verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet. Hey, it just said Goliath had a bronze helmet, didn't it, on his head? And he clothed him with a coat of mail. Goliath had a coat of mail. So now we've got many me. All right? Tries to dress him up just like Goliath. So, Because Saul's thinking is if you're going to fight the giant, and if you have any fighting chance at all, then you need to kind of have the same look he does. Fight like he fights. But this is, that's, that's worldly. That's carnal thinking. Right? Carnal thinking is you do to me, I'm going to do the same thing to you. That's what Mo told Curly and Larry. (laughs) What's happened to me is going to happen to you. But Jesus said, treat others not how you're treated, but how you want to be treated. Amen. David tries to walk away in this armor and he realizes this isn't how I fight. I appreciate the notion, King. I appreciate this. And as he's peeling off that armor, I know he must be thinking to himself, I don't need your armor, King. I already have your anointing. Peels off all that armor and takes his sling out. And walks out of the king's chambers. Staff in hand, sling in hand. And the scripture says that he found the brook Kidron. And there from that brook he chose five smooth stones. 
Verse 41, so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth. <laughs> Ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? If I were David, I might have had a little fun with him there, throw the stick at him and tell him to fetch it. But... <laughs> And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David, Whoa. Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now, David has an opportunity here. He has an opportunity to believe the giant and say, Okay, <laughs> just kidding. Or to counteract. And to fight this battle. Watch. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly, then all the assembly here will know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Hey, it hadn't happened yet. He hadn't begun to swing that sling yet. He just began to declare the word of God. He, be, he began to declare words of faith, his declaration, what was in his heart. Listen to me. Part of that battle is part of really seeing the victory. It starts by you declaring the victory. Amen. Before you ever even experience it, before that healing may be manifest in your body, you've got to declare that you're healed. Say what God has said. Get a hold of his promise and, and make it known. Shut the enemy up. Shut his lies up. Don't let him keep talking. Hallelujah. He says, I'm going to take your head from you. We're going to win this thing. Now let's find, out who, let's find out who was telling the truth. Then David put his hand in his bag. Oh, sorry, 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried. I love this young, this kid. Huh? He's, he's, he runs to this giant put his hand in his bag. He took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. It's over. It's over. David just happened to be telling the truth when every circumstance was contrary to what he was saying. Hmm? But the truth won out in the end. The word prevailed. We must look now for just a moment. Verse 48. Back up to verse 48. There's lots of places in Samuel that we can see Jesus, but I really like this verse here. So it was, and the Philistine arose and came and drew near. 
to meet David. What does David do for a living? He's a shepherd boy, isn't he? Came and drew near to, to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. At this moment, David's laying it all on the line and willing to give up his own life for the sake of his people. John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Isn't that interesting? David said, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin. Steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is willing to do whatever it took, and Jesus did literally lay down his life for us because he said there's no greater love than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. But in so doing, ladies and gentlemen, he wrought a great victory for all the world, for all mankind, and a great defeat for the devil and his minions. The scripture says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. In the very beginning of this series in Genesis, don't forget when Adam and Eve and the serpent were all caught red-handed and God began to talk, about, talk to each of them and he told the serpent, he said, I'm going to put enmity or hatred between your seed and her seed and he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. And the scripture says that when Jesus took that cross and marched up that hill in Hebrew, that hill was known as Golgotha, Golgotha, which seems to be a hybrid of Goliath of Gath because in chapter 50 or verse 54 of 17, it's interesting little piece of information about what David did when he chopped off Goliath's head. He said that it, it says that he took it to Jerusalem, which is about 25 miles from this battle site southwest of there. It takes it to Jerusalem, and many believe that that hill is actually it's called the place of the skull because they believe that's where he buried Goliath's head. The enemy of the people of God. Goliath represents the devil who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But here yet again, the son of David now with that cross stuck into the top of that skull, hallelujah, crushing the enemy and hanging there and dying for all our sins, met the devil at his own game because the devil, the originator of sin, also then became the originator of death. So Jesus took him at his own game and Jesus died, but Jesus beat death. The ultimate enemy of mankind, Jesus beat it, meaning that he could beat anything that the devil could throw so that you know no matter what, death, life, it doesn't matter. You win this deal because God is with you and Jesus has brought you the full victory. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads for just a moment, please? Father, I want to say thank you so much for this time together with these great people. Lord, thank you for this great church. Those who are here today are are what make it so great, the the love and the fellowship and the, 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 the rich relationships that we have, God. What a privilege it is to be a part of something so wonderful. I thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the life change that your word brings to us and that as we look into these stories we look into the lives of these people Lord we we see ourselves we see hope 
Ultimately, we see our Savior who's been there all along, who was there before we were ever even thought of, before the worlds were made. There he was. And at the end of our faith, there he is, the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life that you give to us. Thank you for these days. We understand that every day is a gift from you. And what we do in these days is a way that we can give back to you. We pray, God, I pray that today your people would be emboldened, infused with a greater level of courage in their lives. That they will understand that they truly can and will make the difference. And they'll make opportunities, Lord, believing that you are in the small and the large matters. And that you're in every moment of their life. And that we need to help this world. People are out there hurting. As Brother John Osteen used to say, sighing, dying, crying humanity. And we, God, help us to not be silent. But help us to have that spirit of David. As we look around and see the hurting and the hopeless and realize that the devil has defied what God created and that we wouldn't let it continue within our power, but we'll do whatever it takes, Lord, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, on our jobs, that we will be that difference, God. We'll be one who speaks up, Lord, even as Jonathan said, perhaps the Lord will be with us. No doubt he is with us. I thank you, Father, for your people to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good and you do good. Thank you. Thank you so much that you paid the price with your life, willing to have us in the family of God. Today, if you're here and you're away from God or you don't know him, I simply just want to invite you to believe on him today. The scripture says, believe on him and you will receive permission of sins. We all need it. We all need to be saved from our sins. And Jesus did that for us. All he asks you to do, invites you to do, is come and receive what he has given to you. Salvation, eternal, eternal, uh, eternal life, and a home in heaven forever with God. Believe on him. Confess Jesus is Lord of your life at this moment. And the scripture says that you'll be a new creation in him. Old things will be gone and new things will come. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.